Boys and girls, welcome back to the rap number 23, the GOAT number. We've got uh, the podcast equivalent of Michael Jordan and LeBron James over here. You pick which one's which, but me and Doogie C coming back at you for another episode of the rap. How you doing, Doogie? Oh, mate, I'm doing well. I think it's uh, could be more like um, Michael Jordan and Tim Duncan or Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, but if, as long as you're happy to be LeBron, I can be MJ. Look, you obviously just didn't get the 23 memo which was the whole reason I said the two people. Um, but you did also say they were the goats. Oh, oh we get That's a conversation for another day. I'm fairly certain we've already had that conversation. Mate, but, I'm uh, sure we'll have it again at some stage as well. We definitely will be having that again. But uh, a pretty, pretty big wrap this week. Uh, we've got a couple of stories that might interest you a little bit. If you in the Sydney area... If you wanted a local boss, then... Uh, the or if you're in the international area, you so, could be uh, interested in particularly our second international story. So if you're here, there or everywhere, you best be tuning in for the rap number 23. But before we get into that... Well, what do we got? What, as in the stories? Or what? Let's do a quick outline of what the stories are. Well, uh, this week the Premier, Gladys, has uh, proposed to bring back, call in some of the lockout laws, which is... Well, not bring them back, take them out, I would say. Them, yeah, like reel them in. The Barry O'Farrell's chucked them into the ocean, she's got the big rod out. It's cut, it's, Barry O'Farrell's cast in, she's reeling. And uh, so what, what's the international story, dude? Uh, it's the update on the Hong Kong protest because the bill has been withdrawn, but the protest is still going on with violence. Why? We have to listen to the international story. You best be holding on. You did a little Andrew O'Keefe there where you're just keeping him on a, a bit of a cliff I've been top. watching a bit of um, Deal chase. or No Deal or The, the Chase. Chase. I hate that show though, but mum watches it. I don't, the UK version's pretty good, I think. But um, I just hate Andrew O'Keefe. It's like O'Keefe. Love Island. I haven't really gotten into Love Island. Neither have I, but that's what I hear. The, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know what? You're damn right. But um, we don't start with the international story. Uh, we don't start with the stories. We start with a little bit of a uh, bit of a regular hoo-ha a on this show. <laughs> bit of uh, <laughs> a recurring segment that we like to do here called uh, Jumping to Conclusions, which pays homage to the wives and girlfriends that jump to conclusions about their male partners. Or about anything. Or just, a, just about anything. Make Just jump to conclusions with no real evidence or logic <laughs> or anything like that. So we make a bit of an outlandish statement. The one we think is the most interesting, we come back to at the end. We interrogate uh, it. We do. We pick it apart. We yeah. pull it apart and we put it back up together again, see if it stands the test. Mm-hmm. So, Dougie, see, what have you got for us this week? I think we, uh, we shouldn't be worried about brain damage in uh, contact sports. I thought it was. I thought you were going to come up with a weak one this this week, but that's. I not never bad. come up with a weak one. We shouldn't be worried about contact damage, you say. No like brain damage in the contact sports. No, we shouldn't seek to regulate it at least. Well, those are two different things, but we shouldn't seek to regulate brain damage in contact sports. Is at least, question? maybe we shouldn't worry about it. <laughs> so you're just thinking we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Hmm. Well, mine. Is you got a weak one? I don't think it's weak. I think it's pretty interesting. Um, a little bit controversial. Uh, it's that you're doing a disservice to your child if you voluntarily choose to just have one kid. What, what do you think about that one? <laughs> it's an interesting piece of logic. 
that you do disservice to the child without so influencing you, the child, so to speak. It's through the lack of influence, isn't it, Doss? Through so the lack the, of influence. Uh, the emissions more than the, the that. It's, the, it's a lying by omission. It's exactly what it's it the is. good deeds you didn't do. It's, it's what you left on the table. <laughs> or what you didn't put on the table in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, so what, what's your vote for, mate? Um, I want to hear about uh, you lecturing women on how many children they should have. Well, that's, not <laughs> that's what I want to hear about. Do you know what? I'm the uh, I'm the female whisperer. <laughs> Are you? Perhaps. Well, we'll find out, won't we, at the end of the show. We'll so, find out if it stands so the test. That's a little bit of bait for the audience. You better be sticking around. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around here and tell us why women need to have at least two. At least two. The more the merrier is really my opinion. But uh, you know, <laughs> we'll find, find out about that later. So uh, now see angry women in the comments section. Look, I'll leave a bit of a wake. I leave a bit of bit of a wake of women in my trail. Oh, okay. <laughs> Might get myself into trouble for that. Wakeboarding and us yeah, on the female wake. Trends and that. Um, so after jumping to conclusions, we jump into the domestic story. And this week, as we've given a little outline to, it's about the Sydney lockout laws and how Gladys Berejiklian. The Premier uh, has, well, the, the lockout laws themselves are expected to be lifted in the CBD Entertainment District, which includes Oxford Street, but will remain in place for King's Cross. <laughs> the legislation was introduced in 2014 by the O'Farrell government with the aim of reducing alcohol fueled violence, particularly in King's Cross, after the two coward punch deaths of Thomas Kelly and Daniel Christie. Um, Premier Berejiklian said the city's nightlife needs to be resurrected for the sake of jobs, but community safety will always be the primary focus. Uh, the lockout laws... Blah. That's my reaction. Blah. From Gladys. <laughs> the lockout laws would still apply in King's Cross, which was previously a hotspot for alcohol fuel, for alcohol-related violence. Um, St Vincent Hospital said it was disappointing announcement and medical staff would have to pick up the pieces. Yes, What's, well, they will. Yeah, what's your reaction? Well, it's a it's 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 a one step towards uh, freedom and fun for the uh, for the youngins for the young people of, of the country of Sydney. I mean, there's people who don't. I mean, Sydney's an expensive place to go if you're a traveller. A lot of people will come to Sydney. Like the beaches are cool, but if you can't get into a bar or a club past one thirty, I mean, if you go to Europe, you often don't leave the house until eleven p.m. or twelve p.m. Um, I think it's uh, and then. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan. Of, never was a big fan of the uh, lockout laws. I mean, if community safety is really the number one priority, and this is even what linked to my conclusion to some extent, if community safety is the um, number one priority, what we should do first is we should um, ban cars. We should ban going outside. We should ban um, coming into contact with anybody who might potentially have a germ that could infect you. I mean, when you go out on the town and you choose, uh, and you're in areas where, where people are drinking, you run a risk that someone uh, is going to, you know, be under the influence and, and commit, do something bad. Uh, you run that, it's a very small risk and we should aim to minimise the risk if we can, but it's a risk we should let people take if they want to. Um, and, uh, and I mean, oh, this is some bro science statistics, but... I've, I've my understand. I, I had some understanding that a lot of the violence, even though it wasn't in King's Cross now, is just outside the area that it was um, 
banned. I mean, particularly towards the Star Casino because the Star Casino was was open the whole time. Um, and then, um, and then, I even heard that. Um, here's a here's a strange one. I heard that um, one a big reason for the ban was in King's Cross was so they could uh, develop some high rises, and so then. Uh, which wouldn't surprise me. Not surprise me one bit, especially considering it's very, very suspicious that the Star Casino got a bit of an exemption. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just it's it also I feel as if it doesn't really protect uh, the community and the people that are going out because instead of having the drunk people who might be prone to violence in a place that can be like a little bit more regulated, which is inside the club, or just in a place where they can have more fun. You just get them a little, you get them agitated when they're not allowed in and you have these drunk people on the street instead. Um, mm. And so instead they just all flock to Piemont, to the Star Casino, and uh, either there's more violence there or they just go in and spend their money there. Yeah, well, I think, um, I also think the St. Vincent's Hospital people are going to have to, they're probably going to have enough take in work um and i mean they're getting paid by the public and i guess it eventually will work its way out more money being spent on nights out but it might also get people in um you know if if there is violence they might get people in critical conditions and and stuff like that which would suck but um i mean the ideal is that you have private insurance you can go out and and not make other people pay for it but i don't know i don't know that's a tough one um, but at the end of the day, you can't hold your own life ransom to a public health system implemented by the government, I think. Um, also, I was going to say uh, one other thing. Oh, yeah, look, it's going to result in, in more drinking, more more drugs, more a, a lot of stuff probably, um, which, you know, if you, if you know the channel, might find a few libertarians on here. And I won't mind, like, there, I won't mind seeing people... Uh, Going back to their uh, their place at nine a.m. on a Sunday morning after McDonald's, feeling a bit wiggly. Um, I think that'll be a bit of a sight on Oxford Street. But um, to be fair, there are already quite a few sites on Oxford Street. There are a few. There are quite a few sites. Um, occasionally been been a site on Oxford well, Street. Andy, you've just turned eighteen, so you have no experience. Well, I have, I have been on Oxford Street on a Saturday night, the the night of my eighteenth. Uh, birthday and uh, there's some sights to behold I would say a few scenes uh, I'm sure that one day I'll be one of those sights following the footsteps of Dougal Dougal Cameron well potentially but um, it's it's not it's not 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 something to brag about but um, I think uh, I think that's that's fine I think people should be able to enjoy their nights and and choose to live how they like and if that's what you love to do then go and do it assuming you're not hurting anybody else and that's a kind of essential issue on this um, but if Gladys really does want to care about jobs and stuff, it's not like the specific area. I guess like King's Cross area today is pretty dead for nightlife. It seems strange that um, they would keep the ban there considering... I mean, there might be some sentimental value for the cross, but it hasn't got a lot of real yeah, well, even, nightlife value at this point. Yeah, well, even someone like me. So when the lockout laws came into place in 2014, How old I was you? 13. And then... You just hear that and you go, I don't ever really want to go there um, because it's just got a stigma around it that it's just a bit of a den for violence. Uh, mm. Not not very good people uh, will go there, even though that's probably like not true on the most part. It just seems like the, the spot where 
you're more likely to get punched. Mm. Um, so personally, I don't really have an interest in going into King's Cross. But um, yeah, it does seem like it's not an area that I would want to be there, which is a choice that I'd make on the basis of my safety. Mm. Especially as someone who uh, I would say is a little bit more likely to get punched. You? Yeah, I'd say so. Head for it. Head for it, <laughs> mouth for it. Stealing, stealing your girl for it. <laughs> All right. So I think that's uh, it's it's a yes for for lockout laws. It's a good one, but didn't quite go far enough. I'm going to give Barry a, uh, a beta mail of the week because there was a lot of social pressure on him. He just totally caved to it, and it was a silly thing to do, in my opinion. Yeah, a bit of um, a knee-jerk reaction. Sort of yeah, a bit of a knee-jerk reaction, a bit of a... Uh, bit of a plug at the heart strings I mean, when you, you really address, didn't need you, to if you want to address the violence i feel as if you address uh well just binge drinking rather than like the clubs themselves well it's not even that i mean people um yeah i just think people be responsible need to be responsible for themselves and and that's it but um anyway barry beta male nomination barry beta male barry the barry the, the beta male um <laughs> international story update on the Hong Kong protests. The reason why we need to have the update is because the protests originally started for this so-called China extradition bill, which would allow, uh, <clears throat> which was the law that was getting uh, debated in the Hong Kong uh, parliament, which would have allowed people who were accused of um, crimes in Hong Kong to be, I think, extradited and tried in China. And people have a lot of worries about the Chinese legal system, its transparency, um, elements of corruption so people much preferred to be tried in Hong Kong because it had a tradition of um, kind of I think British uh, it has tradition of the British legal system like transparency rule of law etc and I don't know the nitty-gritty of it but that's that that's what yeah. they wanted that's how the protest started yeah generally the, the British the British system is what you want for, for a legal British trial. common law British common law and uh, and um, anyway so that's how the protests started. Now, <clears throat> on Wednesday, so it was on Wednesday of last week that uh, that got was not only suspended, which it had been since the protests began, but it was withdrawn. Uh, and that was one of the protesters. That was the demand of the initial protesters. Now, those demands have since expanded into five, and since the other four have not been acted upon, the protests are still happening. And Sunday was one of the biggest protests so far. It was a planned march to the US consulate in Hong Kong, and I'll tell you why that's important in a second. But the Sunday clashes indicate that the an attempt by the Hong Kong government to defuse the crisis by withdrawing the extradition bill, one of the five official demands of the protest movement, had failed okay so they marched to uh the american consulate um with the hope that their protests will resonate with americans and they hope that donald trump intervenes with a political standoff so when they're marching down a whole lot of them are waving american flags uh donald trump memorabilia donald trump posters um hoping to i guess maybe pat the ego a little bit but really hoping that donald trump steps in in such a way that he either it's hard to say what they actually want and i'll t- tell you the list of demands but the democracy demands are very vague and it seems like some of them might want like a military intervention it seems some of them might want uh us to put sanctions on china if china sends the military in from shenzhen it seems like 
maybe Donald Trump will they might want Donald Trump to negotiate with China to get a uh, to get like a, a longer period rather than the 50 years of the one country two systems um, but it's also very strange because they're appealing to Donald Trump because he's the leader of the free world so to speak but America doesn't have very much to do with Hong Kong historically uh, or even politically um, and we'll get into the history because I think you have to understand the history a little bit to kind of be fair to China um, but anyway, back on this protest, so they made a letter which they plan to present to consulate officials, um, and it's called the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act, and they're hoping that it could be uh, debated in the US Congress, taken to the US and debated in the Congress. Um, <clears throat> now, one of the reasons why this made headline news is because the protesters erected a barricade at Central Station in Hong Kong, um, before setting it on fire. So one of the exits to the central station was on fire, which was lit by the protesters. Um, <clears throat> the Chinese state-run tabloid Global Times said in an editorial in July that it is an open secret in Hong Kong that the forces protesting the extradition bill have been sponsored by the US. So the Chinese state-run media is saying that US has a significant hand in the protest, seeking to create unrest in China, maybe bad... Um, bad sentiment from people in the free world towards China um, and the US is kind of secretly sponsoring it through probably the CIA right which actually wouldn't surprise me it wouldn't surprise me at all um, now Donald Trump has personally shown little inclination to get involved in the protest since they began in July just calling on China to use restraint when dealing with the, the situation it's been 14 weeks straight and China hasn't done anything yet. I mean, the police are, are still under direction by Beijing to use proportional force, I think, which is good. Um, there have been some people arrested, but it seems like they've been mostly violent people. Um, there is elements of violence in the protests, and the police are now focusing on separating the violent protesters from the peaceful protests. And there was a public statement made which said that the problem is not the protest, the problem is the violence, which I'm sympathetic with. But the five demands the protests have made is one, withdraw the bill. So that's been done. Okay, but they have four left. This is why they're still protesting. Number two is for Carrie Lam to step down as leader of Hong Kong. Number two, an inquiry into police brutality against the protesters. Number four, for those who have been arrested during the protest to be released. And number five, for greater democratic freedoms. And nobody really knows what this means because the implications will be big for Hong Kong's uh, place in China. Um, but I, I think to give some more context to the Hong Kong issue, it's like Hong Kong belongs to China. It's belonged to China since 1997. However, it has its own currency, political system and cultural identity. It had been a colony of the UK for more than 150 years before it was handed back to China in 1997. So it went under British rule in 1841, was briefly occupied by Japan from 1941 to 1945 in the Second World War. And the, uh, the colonial period, 1841, well, it began during the first Opium War. And I'm not, uh, my history is not very good at all on the Opium War, but basically um, it started off with a, some trade disputes regarding opium uh, into China. Then basically the British launched a war, as far as I'm aware, against China, started the century of misery for China, which is, uh, ended at the end of World War II, which is absolutely key to understand Chinese cultural psyche, the century of humiliation. And um, 
So it wasn't really fairly got in the first place. I mean, it was leased under a very predatory deal. Um, and uh, they gave it back to China. But now all the Hong Kongers have got their own cultural identity, their own currency, etc. Uh, and they don't want to be part of China anymore. Well, at least some of them, not all of them, but some of them. And it's a strange one uh, because it was taken in some pretty poor circumstances, most people would, would agree today, from China. Um, and so it's like, well, what do you do with it? What do you do with it? Because China obviously has a claim to it, considering it was Chinese before the Opium War, which, uh, which was launched against them. And um, what do you think, Andos? I am not really... I don't think I have a position either way on this one. Um, I think I'd personally have to look into it a little bit more, but I am sympathetic to both sides. Um, obviously... I feel as if Hong Kong would, if it has to be dependent, I think China probably has the most legitimate claim to Hong Kong. But on the other hand, the people, well, the, the people who are speaking up about it are quite anti-China, obviously. So it is quite difficult because Hong Kong isn't an independent state at the moment. Um, I feel as if a lot of the issues around this would probably be solved if Hong Kong was able to be an independent state and I feel as if that would make a lot of sense but I feel as if China probably has the most legitimate claim to it even though that might be detrimental to the people in regard to a bunch of personal liberties Um, Mm. but yeah I'm quite undecided I feel as if a couple of the, the demands of the protesters are a bit of a stretch. I mean, I feel as if violent protesters probably should be put in prison, even though if they are 100% think they're fighting for a good cause. Um, I'm not as sympathetic to them if they're turning towards violence against the police, uh, other types of violence like that. But yeah, I'm. It's a it's a tricky one where I'm on the fence and I'm not really inclined to lean either way at the moment. Mm. Yeah, well, I think it raises two interesting questions and I don't have the answer to either of them. The first is, at what point is it okay to use violence against your own government in the pursuit of freedom? One very interesting question. I mean, the Americans would have their own answer, one which is, could be similar, you know, to the conditions which are in Hong Kong. The second one is uh, what... Uh, is nationhood or what constitutes um you know what what should a country be right so if um obviously hong kong is not a country but if it wants to be a country why would it be a country like you'd usually speak uh you kind of speak a common language but you have a uh, yeah they have a separate political system which they do from china they have a separate cultural identity um and the cultural, cultural identity thing is weird, right? Because if you want to have everybody kind of united in the culture, um, what might that say about a multicultural experiment which has been um, tried in the West? Uh, and the answer to that is I don't know. I don't know. Um, it seems that there are some aspects of cultural uniformity which should be prioritised like speaking the same language, buying into the political system and cultural institutions, which should kind of be non-negotiable. 
but then I couldn't, you know, I couldn't tell you what what else is is important to to being your own country. Yeah, as well. Like I have mates who are from Hong Kong and other mates who are from mainland China, and I know you definitely would be in the same situation, where they're not. They're like there is quite a different cultural uh, aspect to to each of them, and that does make me feel as if they probably should be an independent state. Um, but yeah, it's a tricky one just because yeah, the, the questions you pose are really good and I don't think anyone could actually provide a concrete answer to them. Um, well, there's probably some answers out there for those questions, but, you know, that's, uh, that's a question we'll be able to answer when we can quit our part-time jobs and, and go and uh, do this full-time. We can, go <laughs> we can just raise the questions for the time being. You can raise the questions and leave you hanging. All right. <clears throat> I think that wraps up... Um, Hong wraps up Hong wrap, wraps up Hong Kong. Do we have any beta males from from? I think we're just gonna. Uh, no, I don't. I'm very impressed with um, the way China's handled it. I have to say, yeah, they've been uh, very using a lot of restraint. They've been getting a pretty bad rap for it. Um, been getting a bad rap for it. Wouldn't be surprised if the CIA's in there doing helping out the Hong Kong protesters. Sure, especially. Um, CIA, can prove it. CIA loves some insurgent groups. Loves some insurgent groups. Um, you know, if they're willing to fund Al Qaeda, they might be willing to fund the uh, the Hong Kong the Hong Kong, the Hong Kong student protests. Maybe um, a new a new endeavor for them, branching away from uh, the Middle East, branching away from South America, and now yeah, into uh, into Hong Kong. Into Hong Yeah, um, I think only the beta male I've got there is Barry. I mean, I'm sympathetic with the protesters. If I was in Hong Kong, I'd probably be one. Um, if I was chi- in the Chinese government, I wouldn't know, really know what to do. And, uh, maybe Happy that they're not invading Hong Kong. Maybe a bit of a, a shadow nomination to the CIA. A shadow no, nomination. We can't, we can't prove it, but they're definitely in the shadow realm doing some serious dirties. Uh, and I can appreciate that. Shadow nomination to CIA. But... Winner, out in front. I think the winner out in front has to be Barry. He probably hasn't spent a lot of his time at the front of the race. <laughs> <laughs> he gets an award, though, for the first time in a while. What's he doing with himself? He's probably at a big bank or something. Yeah, having that bottle of wine he got fired for. He's probably slowly <laughs> sipping on it. Ooh, sneaky Vazza. Sneaky Baz. On the wines. Um, and I think we'll all be on the wine soon in uh, past 1.30am in uh, in Sydney. But anyway, let's bring it back. We don't leave loose ends on this No program. loose ends today. Nor any day. Not You will never catch us slipping with no damn loose ends. We tie them up, baby. Tie them up and we send them off. So what you got, cuz? The conclusion was that you're doing a disservice to your child if you voluntarily to choose, if you voluntar- voluntarily choose to have one kid. I caveat this by saying that, of course, there are circumstances where you just have one kid, right? Where it's like either a health issue with childbirth or a, like a relationship issue. But if you volu- if you voluntarily choose to have one kid, I feel as if you're uh, putting that kid at a distinct disadvantage. Why is that? I feel as if, right, there's... It's harder to find the right balance of raising the kid, I think, without siblings around, right? So you have, on the one end of the spectrum, like, you give, like, a bunch of stuff to the kid. You have, uh, like, like, you pretty much spoil them, like, whatever. And on the other side of the spectrum, you have, like... Not a neglect, but you're not giving... You're making them too independent, right? 
And when you have the other, like at least another kid or other kids around them, I feel as if they're building a bond. They build a bond, um, especially in the ages from like zero to five and then onwards when they're not at school and they're just at, they're at home and they're sort of just figuring out what to do with themselves. When you have the other people around them who are in the same situation and the same condition as them, I feel as if they just create so much better qualities in them. Um, you have independence, right? You build up, but you're like not just completely independent where you feel as if you can't go to anyone or anything or you can't have like these shared experiences. Like my fondest memories growing up are probably with you and Alex where we're playing touch footy in the front yard or playing PlayStation or even when we're just by bullying each other pretty much, like when we're calling each other uh, insults and stuff like that. It just builds up these character traits which I don't think you can get when you're a single and only child or it's just a lot harder to get, right? Um, I feel as if with that, just the, the benefits you get from having the siblings around is something that can't really be uh, simulated or like put in place artificially. I feel as if the bond you have with siblings is just so much more powerful than what you have with other people, um, just mostly because you spend so much time with them and you're all just ha share these common experiences, which means that if you do not have uh, more than one kid, you're doing a disservice to that kid. Mm. Well, there's probably something to say for that, that the kid get is worse off without a uh, <coughs> sibling. Whether the uh, <coughs> parent who chooses not to have the child is <coughs> should be should should it be held against them is uh, is a question. But um, no, I think well definitely after the age of twelve, the child is almost exclusively raised by their peers, and I think after the age of four, their socialisation is primarily from their friends uh, or siblings, right? Just non-parents. <coughs> but um, what what they learn what you learn by playing with your friends and with siblings is well it's how to play it's what are the rules of the game um how can how much uh physical pain can you exert on your sibling uh before they get hurt or before it warrants a, a parental intervention uh how much can you um you know deny that you got bowled out um before the game breaks down uh how, how do you make a fun game how do you play the game such that you'll be invited to play games in the future um these are all questions which are important questions for for children to be able to answer because they're essentially the foundation of how you interact with the world when you grow up it is the foundation for your understanding of other people and social interactions because games as a child the way you play and kind of the rules of the game are almost translated into a lot of games in in adult life although they might have some more complex forces at play um so i am i am sympathetic that it's easier to develop uh good social skills when you have siblings i think it's probably true yeah i just think that uh it's just because from zero to five when you're not at school and it's pretty much just you and the family like that that time there you start making the rules and you like learn that you should probably shouldn't hit your <coughs> little brother or you shouldn't like uh antagonize others and then from five to uh 12 when you're in like primary school and you're like learning to socialize with these other kids if you have that 
situation which has already been present from the time you're born or from like the, when you're like two or three years old when your little brother or little sister comes into the world um, it just makes it so much easier and the skills you learn from it yeah and well the traits you get from it make you a better person for it I would have been cool either way I feel as if you'd still be running down the street naked if you uh, if you didn't have any siblings mate I would still be running down the street naked today if I had my way <laughs> The, Not uh, anything. Mate, I'm, a, I'm an animal. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm an animal. <laughs> you got to be the same animal, but a different beast. All right, let's wrap it up, Doss. So, um, yep, if you like this type of content, uh, <clears> subscribe <throat> to our SoundCloud or iTunes. This is where it's coming out. If you uh, want to see some other content, some interviews and stuff like that that we do, uh, subscribe to our YouTube have a look at our Instagram, our Facebook. We do some good stuff on there as well. If you really, really like us and want us to uh, make this a full-time thing, quit the part-time jobs and get in, stuck in so we can find the answers to our own questions, then you could uh, support us on Patreon. Even a dollar a day does a lot for Even us. Even a dollar a month. dollar a month, yeah, my bad. <laughs> no, a dollar a day. That'd, if you want to do a dollar a day, then go ahead. If you're rich. If you're, if you're stunting on them. If you're a real big baller, you go a dollar a day. But, um, if you do a dollar a day, we can um, you can win a dinner with Andos, a wine and dine. You can have your way with me if you, if you do a dollar a day. <laughs> Any type of way for a dollar a day. Your way or the highway, I'll tell you that. So uh, yeah, that's uh, so yeah, all our links and stuff are on our Facebook, our Instagram, and stuff. Like Hopefully that. in the description of this, we'll in see how we go. As well, if I uh, manage to put it in. Um, but yeah, make sure you. Uh, Check in. Make sure you check in to check out our stuff. All right. We're going to leave you there. Thanks for sticking with us. See you on the uh, drive, drive to work next week. Catch you later.